going on, everybody? This is the Work Rate Podcast. This is our AEW Dynamite review. I am Mike Fenn. I am joined, as always, by Brad Hardcastle. Brad, how you doing? I am quite well. How are you doing, Mike? I am doing great. I had some Indian food. I'm feeling good. I watched a fantastic Dynamite last night. Oh, yeah. So, so spoilers good. for our feelings on yeah. that one. It, it was great. Um, there weren't any releases this week, mm-hmm. which is less exciting in terms of the news, but uh, happier yeah. because people have their jobs. Yep. Um, I did see one thing this week. It is it is terrible. Apparently, Mickey James got sent her stuff. I just saw this. That's so from bad. from WWE in a box, and within the cardboard box is a trash bag that has her is. It's filled with her stuff, and there's just a piece of tape on the trash bag that just says Mickey. Mm-hmm. Like, are you kidding? Yeah, that's that so is so up. disrespectful for yeah. one of the greatest women's wrestlers of your company of all time. Mm-hmm. And this is how you treat treat her. That is shit. Yeah, yeah. She probably will never be coming back now. So, well, no. Yeah, <laughs> nor should she. Yeah. She's up there in age, and they treated her like shit. Mm-hmm. So, moving on. Um, next, we have this coming weekend. We have Kenny versus Rich Swan, champion versus champion, winner takes all. This is Impact versus AEW. Strange that this wasn't this. This was barely mentioned at all on AEW. I don't know why they haven't mentioned it. I have a. F- this is completely speculation on my part but i have a feeling maybe that's to do with tnt i was just not about to say i saw some people online saying that too that they think that maybe tnt doesn't want them heavily promoting other wrestling promotions so that's the only way this makes any sense Mm -hmm. yeah because there's just like one commercial from the episode that i saw otherwise why even have kenny there yeah it's odd it's very strange um obviously they have good brothers on their show that's what they're getting out of it they're getting good brothers and don Callis. Mm-hmm. um yeah it's odd like it makes me think that maybe they have more planned after kenny event inevitably wins the title then maybe some people from impact start coming over but you'd think that they would have come over at some point like anything, yeah. Even a mention of their show, yeah. They didn't even mention Rebellion at all by name. Yeah, it would be cool. Like when we get to it later on the Moxley Kingston confrontation, if like Rich Swan was there or something to like mm-hmm. hype it up or something. I've read multiple versions of how they could have done that. That was better than what we got. Mm-hmm. What we got wasn't bad. It wasn't bad by omission, but it was. It's just confusing. If I'm Impact, I'm kind of pissed. Mm-hmm. But it's like Impact's got to give you their guys as well. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's weird. Yeah. Anyways, let's move on to Dynamite this week. Dynamite this week was, in my opinion, uh, not not quite as euphoric as last week. Yeah, last week's was like if, one of the best ever. So it's hard to compare it to that. This one's up there, though, mm-hmm. especially when I watched it back to do my notes. The matches in this were, were fantastic. And one theme that I saw running through the show with multiples of these matches, matches were these were 
some gritty drag out fights. Yeah. Like they, it looked like a struggle in many of these matches. And when I say that, I mean like sometimes maybe it didn't always look the cleanest, but it looked like they were really struggling to like, um, overpower or to power through a submission or maybe like, like it looked like it was hard for them. Mm -hmm. Everybody looked like they were struggling and it was cool. Like it it really, it makes it seem real. Mm Mm-hmm. And I made that note on like three of these matches and I could make it on probably a couple more as well. Yeah. And I thought that was very evident in the first match, especially Hangman versus, versus Ricky Starks. Um, let's start with your thoughts on this one. Uh, I thought this match was great. I love both these guys. They're both some of my favorite in AEW. And like we were saying last week, I want a long-term feud out of this i think that'd be really cool and uh yeah this was just great had had a one scary moment when we get to it that <laughs> made me cringe on a reversal but uh ricky starks tweet tweeted about it and it's pretty funny what he said about it so yeah it was good yeah <laughs> I, I uh i took note of that um yeah so let's get right into this right off the bat i loved that they led into an otherwise cold match mm-hmm. with a quick vignette promo from Ricky Starks hyping up the match. He brought up both of their records, which I think they need to do more of. <laughs> they brought up the fact that uh, Ricky Starks is, I think, 10 and 0 or like 10 and 1 right now. And yeah, he's, he's on like Hangman, I think, streak is, or something like that. I think Hangman's on is 9 and 0, so they're, they're pretty mm-hmm. even. Um, they brought up that Hangman is the number one contender, which means one, which means one of two things: either Kenny is ducking Hangman, or Hangman doesn't want to face Kenny right now. Yeah, he's not ready to. I think it's probably the latter. I think so too. With the way he did on his the promo last week when they asked him about it, and he's like, "Well, look at um, Silver's arm here and stuff." I, th- I think they're going to play it up to where he's not ready to face yeah, those he's, demons yet. He's not. Yeah, he's not emotionally ready to mm-hmm. face Kenny, which I like that because yeah. otherwise it's sort of like, well, if he's rattling off all these wins. If wins and losses matter and he's a top-ranked guy, why isn't he getting a shot? Mm-hmm. Well, this is why. That makes perfect sense, yeah. and I love it. Well, and two, it seems like what they're doing now is they're really playing up his win streak. Like every mm-hmm. match is super important to him. Like if he loses, then he's out of top contention. Mm-hmm. I love it. I think it's great. Um yeah, as I said, this seemed like a real struggle, and it wasn't the cleanest execution in the in this match. Um, there's one of my favorite features the AEW does happened in this match. Can you guess what that feature is? Uh, you're just gonna have to tell me because I'm. It's the back. selling of an injury. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Where I have no idea, like a. Starks came up lame on his ankle at one point, and I have, I could not tell you if it was real or not. I have no idea. He sold, it informed the whole rest of the match, mm-hmm. and even later on in the show, Ricky Starks came out again, and he was still selling the ankle injury. Yeah, he was hobbling out there. It's amazing. I have no idea. This is like the tenth time they've done this. Yeah, I cannot tell you who's ever legit hurt in AEW or not. 
It's yeah. incredible. Yeah, I it love really that they good. do that. Because he would like try to jump up to the top turnbuckle and stuff, and he would put no mm-hmm. weight on his foot at all and stuff. It was really awesome. Yeah, he, he jumped up each turnbuckle with one leg mm-hmm. with the other one propped up behind him. It was, it was so good. It was so good. And that scary point that you were talking about was Hangman went for a German. He threw a German suplex on Ricky Starks, and Ricky Starks literally he sort of he flipped out of it mm-hmm. but he landed on both his head and his feet at the yeah. same time he did get the full so, rotation so you could just imagine how that looked yeah it looked <laughs> and very painful after the match he tweeted that he is fine do not worry about him um he, and he said that it's all thanks to ddpy yeah, he think ddp yoga which made me laugh yeah, it was so cool. Um, but despite the despite the injury and despite that scary spot, we saw some breathtaking moves in this match. Mm-hmm. Starks gutted out a deadlift Liger bomb that didn't look like it didn't look like his slight frame should be able to pull that off. Yeah, on somebody as big as Hangman, I was like, holy, he's got some freakish strength that we did, that we. Yeah, it's like hidden deep inside him. Yeah. Well, I think he hangs out with the cage and uh, Hobbs, so you know he's got to he's got to have some power to hang with those dudes. So he's got that like gymnast strength, mm-hmm. <laughs> the, yeah. the smaller dude, but he's got like freakish ability. Um, at one point, yeah, so he landed on his head and his feet at that one point time, which was bizarre. He ha- he hit Hangman with, in my opinion, is the best spear in the business. And yeah. I don't say that lightly. What I love about it is he doesn't just hit them with a spear. He runs the ropes. Mm-hmm. So he bounces off the ropes and then launches into the spear. Yeah. And I love that. It's unique. Yeah, this is my, to, uh, that was my favorite spot of the whole match, too, because he ducked underneath the, the buckshot lariat to get the mm-hmm. spear off. I loved it. Yeah, I, I was always wondering, what is it about his spear that seems so much more impactful? It's because he's running the ropes when he does it. He mm-hmm. bounces off the ropes and then sort of like launches himself through the air mm-hmm. at the guy. It looks, it's so fast. Yeah. And that's why. And it looks um, good too. Cause like you were just saying, it's smaller frame. So he's got to put a lot of mm-hmm. uh, speed onto it to make it effective. Absolutely. It's awesome. And I really like the finish. It was really cool. Um, he, he grabs Starks, but like under the chin and, Snapped him over his hips in a sort of reverse snap mirror takeover, mm-hmm. like yeah. where, like uh, Starks flipped over him, but with with his back facing him, yeah. and then he continued that motion into into a, a submission that we had not seen before. It was it looked sort of like the snare trap yeah. from Jungle Boy, but he had his arm underneath his chin and the other arm reached back and grabbed his ankle. So they played up the ankle here as well. Yeah, that's... So he got the ankle involved in it and he tapped out instantly yeah. right away. I like that too. Cause I... um, when Hangman first flipped him, he wasn't going for the ankle and it's like a light went off in his head. He's like, Oh, his ankles hurt. So he reached back to grab it and like started torquing on that too. I, th- I thought it was just great. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing they do whenever they have these injuries where it's like, I don't, is this a legit injury? They always manage to rope it into the finish yeah. too. That's when I'm like, yeah, that's shit, how you they're know it's either good. they're either really smart at working on the fly, mm-hmm. or this is, or this is a work. 
Yeah. And they caught me. Usually I think if they um, do something to the injured body part, then it's usually a work. I don't think Hangman's like sadistic or anything and wants to hurt Stark more than he was already hurt. So, but yeah, man. It's, like, it's I, perfect yeah, you never know. You never know if Stark's like whispers to him. He's like, go for the ankle. Yeah, that could be that too. Go Stark's for the just ankle. Knows what will. Yeah. He's like, this will look good. Mm-hmm. Just do it. You That's never true. know. I mean, they're both uh, top pros, so they, they could definitely mm-hmm. do that. And then after the match, there is a post-match. Taz starts yelling at Hangman from, hey, Paige. from hey, the Paige. announce booth. <laughs> hey, Paige, turn around. Look at me. Paige, look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Mm-hmm. He turns around and he looks at him. He's like, Hangman, you got lucky. You got really lucky here but you got to watch your back. Hangman, watch your back. Mm-hmm. Watch your back, Hangman. It zooms out and hooks behind him and hook hits a hits Hangman with the chop block and he's just kicking him with actually I thought these kicks looked kind of bad, but he's kicking him mm-hmm. <laughs> and and then Starks gets up and he's beating him down and Hangman starts fighting back and then out comes Brian Cage. And he gets him. He's about to hit him with the power bomb. And out comes the Dark Order, chases them off. And this was, I th- this is one of only two times we saw the Dark Order in this one come out in a swarm. Mm-hmm. This was good though. And I was like, oh, they're starting a storyline with Hangman against Team Taz. Team Taz. Yeah, I kind, I kind of hope they don't just hand a loss to every member of Team Taz again. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't not. really like them. I don't really like them being the guys that just like, okay, we're going to take one guy. He's going to beat every single one of these guys. And then you're going to look at their record. It's going to be bad. However, you still look at uh, Cage's record and Starks' record, and they are still like 7-0 and or 7-1. Mm-hmm. and So Yeah. Well, Hobbs, at the start of this night, was in the top five. So There you go. Yeah, a lot of them are. But I like that. Excuse me. Uh. Yeah, I like this a lot. And uh, Taz uh, tweeted uh, a picture of Hook beating up Hangman, and he's like, even as a kid, Hook always had cowboys. And that made me laugh. <laughs> that is funny. That's good. <laughs> yeah, so I am excited to see Hook. I can see from those kicks, though, that he does need a little work. Yeah, his his like suplexes and stuff are really good. He just needs to work on mm-hmm. his striking. Well, I find that striking is sometimes harder. Yeah, because it, it takes a lot of work to to throw a worked punch and make it look good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I can't do it. Like I know <laughs> the one thing that Jade struggles the most with is just a standard kick. Mm-hmm. Whereas her pump kick looks vicious. Yeah. So, and her, her elbows look vicious, but her standard kick to the gut looks bad. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's weird how uh, it's hard to make it look real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, okay, you so it, next you don't one. stomp like they used to do back in the day and stuff. So Exactly. You don't do the little jump. Mm-hmm. Which he almost was doing the little jump, which is sort of why maybe it looked like that. Yeah. But he's still I this is probably his first year in the business, so Oh, absolutely. He's gonna be fantastic. Because mm-hmm. I remember we've seen on Taz's his radio show he used to have I know Hook was like a like a collegiate, like top tier level lacrosse player, so I don't know what happened with that. Why he went from that to playing wrestling because he used to always Taz used to always talk about how good he was at lacrosse I mean gotta go into the family business that's true I mean your your dad's one of the greatest of all time so you gotta you're gonna make more money uh, 
being a professional wrestler than a lacrosse player. That's true. Even at even at your even at the ceiling for a lacrosse player is not even close. Yeah, yeah. I think the most famous lacrosse has ever gotten was in American Pie. Those movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So next we have a match that I imagine you were pretty excited for. Oh yeah, I was super excited. This was this. this was like PWG on the big scale to me. Exactly. This was Penta versus Trent. Tell me about it. Oh man, I love this match. Starting out with Alex beforehand. He, I told you that they need to give this guy a raise. He is so good. And speaking of Alex, I saw someone post on Twitter a picture of him and um, I want to say Batista. He used to be on WWE's Creative in like the mid two thousands. He's like one of the youngest people on Creative there. So weird. I, I, that had, was cool. I had no idea. Yeah, somebody tweeted that. I was like, "Whoa, that's cool!" But yeah, he's great. Uh, I love Trent. I love Penta. Penta came out dressed like Batman, which is really cool. What I liked about that is Penta. Normally, he'll take off like the secondary mask. Yeah, like the gimmick thing. Yeah. He didn't do that this time. He just wrestled with the Batman ears. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. He looked like um, with his white face paint on his chin. He looked like um, like the the rabbits. Is that what they're called? Uh, oh yeah, Raymond yeah, yeah. Rabbits like dressed up as Batman, like an evil version. Yeah, he looked like an undead Batman. It was yeah, cool. <laughs> it was really cool. He even posted a picture. Uh, I am Batman in Spanish. It was really cool. Yeah, I love. Yeah, you're right. This match was one thousand percent a PWG cocaine banger. Mm-hmm. Um, the story heading into this one was that the best friends have not forgotten their unsettled score from their earlier started feud that had to end because of covid prematurely and now they've reignited it um this was an extremely well worked match if not a match with a ton of storytelling Mm -hmm. which is okay um it's not necessarily a bad thing considering this is the first match in their reignited rivalry um so i am I'm still happy to have that, but you know what you're getting with Penta versus Trent. Yeah. Like, you know exactly what this is going to be. Yeah. There was a really funny moment on commentary where it was during picture in picture. um, Penta is working over Trent on the outside and Alex Eberhantis, he unzips his jacket to reveal the, and he rubs his chest, but it reveals the, um, the Penta says shirt, mm-hmm. and he did that so that to indicate to Penta to chop Trent on the chest. But the real reason was so that it could show the uh, the new Penta yeah. says shirt. And then Excalibur points out, he says, "Ah, an ad for Shop AEW on Dynamite." And then he looks over to Tony, goes, "Tony, that's your job." <laughs> and Tony just under his breath says, "Oh well, well maybe after we get back from commercial." <laughs> I got to get uh, a VPN or something so I can watch these during the commercial. It, it was real, uh, like some of my favorite Tony Schiavone move or moments are, are what he mumbles under his breath <laughs> in the middle of matches. And like at all the old J.R. references, he always, he's always like, Oh yeah. The good old, uh, Buzz Sawyer. <laughs> He's like a Buzz Sawyer reference is Buzz Sawyer. Even a person. I think it is anyways, yeah. but he's just like, or sometimes when Excalibur says a move, he's like, he's like, uh, I'm going to say something made up like Tope Magnifico. He's like, 
Oh yeah, you gotta love that Tope Magnifico. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Say it under his breath. It's just, <laughs> he's just taking the piss. It's so funny. Yeah, and he does it in only a way that he can. And they come back from commercial break then, and Penta graced us with one of the most beautiful pump handle drivers I've seen in my life. Oh, his is, his are always so good. He does it so crisp. And he does it in a way that it looks like he like does a little guillotine leg drop mm-hmm. on top of the guy as yeah. well. It's like he puts him underneath him and then lands on him. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is that's the coolest shit I've seen. Yeah. And then on the apron, they're having a chop off, and Trent turned around a pile driver to do one of to do one of his own onto onto Penta, which looked it looked brutal, but also Penta protected himself well. But the funny thing is they they didn't put it over very well because it was obviously Pento working the move mm-hmm. like to prevent himself from getting dropped on his head on steel. But they're like, oh, I don't know if he got all of that because Pento was holding the ropes. It's just like, no, guys, that's how you do a pile driver yeah, on the apron. He doesn't this want to so that he's really not land dead. on his head. <laughs> yeah. But Pinto like, sold it well because after he did the pile driver, he just went like, like stiff as a board. He looked... Like oh yeah, straight so up. And that's down. why he did it. Yeah, <laughs> but it's just like, guys, no. Yeah, just don't expose it that, that much. He, pretend that it happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and then they're they're on the outside, and Trent hits the second best spear we saw on this episode mm-hmm. on onto Penta, and then Alex Abrahantis runs into the ring or no, he grabs the mic and he starts insulting Trent. You hear him on the mic and he says, Trent, you suck. Your friend sucks. And lastly, your mama sucks. Yeah. I was like, too far. Loses his mind. Too far. You don't, you don't talk about, uh, you don't talk about Sue like that. Yeah. You don't talk about mama Sue. Mm -hmm. So Trent chases him inside the ring and then as he chases him inside the ring, you see Orange Cassidy appears behind Alex Abrahantis. And then behind Orange Cassidy appears Penta. And then this Russian nesting doll of wrestling <laughs> like explodes when Penta kicks the head clean off of Orange Cassidy. Alex Abrahantis hits Trent in the head with the mic. Then we get the pile package driver for the win. Mm-hmm. I love it whenever Really they... wild... When they do the mic shot, they leave the mic on, so you hear the boonk. <laughs> it's a very satisfying noise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's this... like ASMR for wrestling fans. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yeah, this match was a lot of fun. It wasn't like the best match, and it wasn't like a blood feud, but it's the start of their feud, so you don't want to uh, exactly go all out in your first match of the reignited feud. So I expect more yeah, great things it was to a... come. It was a wildly booked ending, mm-hmm. but I found it quite entertaining. Yeah. I say, very good match, 3.75 stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not quite great, but very good. Yeah, for sure. And I'm excited for more to come, especially with uh, Alex involved in it now, because he's going to make it so entertaining. I want to see him at Pac, or Pac interact, just to see. <laughs> just to Yeah, see. so... As a result of him being in this, I don't know if it was for the whole show, but I saw a photo of the Spanish announce team. It had a guy I've never seen before, so I think maybe in Alex's original role. Mm -hmm. It had Dasha and Thunder Rosa was doing commentary. Yeah, I saw Thunder Rosa. Yeah, that's cool. 
So I think that's really cool. Um, she's obviously all in with the company, which is nice. Yeah, she's she's in the company. She just hasn't got her all elite graphic yet. Like she legally can't sign, and whenever it this is brought up or to Sean Ross Sapp and on his podcast or online or wherever, they say like, "Oh, why isn't she signed?" He says because she legally can't sign mm-hmm. yet. Yeah, that's not that she's not gonna sign. Not that. She's asking for her release. She legally cannot sign. And she seems like a loyal person, so she's probably like, I'm going to write out my contract. Yeah. I'm going to be on NWA, and then I'm going to continue with mm-hmm. <laughs> with AEW and may still do NWA shows. You never know. Yeah. Because they're she, not on TV. Yeah. She's a big star, so she could, I mean, she could do whatever she wants. But I imagine the day her NWA contract's up is the day on Twitter we see the Thunder Rosa oh. is all elite graphic. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So next segment we had, and this was amazing. And I'm going to go out of order for the next two segments because I think the contrast between the two is important. Mm-hmm. Um, there were two promo sections. So first we had the pinnacle, and this was so good. Yeah, this, this was, like was one of MJF's best promos ever. I really love this. Yeah, he just cut yeah, one of the best promos we've seen ever seen in AEW, bar none, especially his best one. Mm-hmm. And that's saying a lot because he's had a lot of phenomenal ones. Yeah. And this was really nice because he was actually incredibly serious in this one. And recently he sort of luxuriated in the comedy mm-hmm. of his of it all and that's I guess largely been to do to do with uh, the inner circle. When he was with yeah. them, it was very much comedy based. This was really crisp, really really assertive. He starts by agreeing with Chris Jericho's assertion that, yeah, his scarf is kind of old and it's tired and it's a little dirty. Um, he then opens up a present provided by Tolly to reveal a nice silk Burberry scarf for the spring season. <laughs> I like that this... they had to say for the spring season. That made me laugh. Yeah, it, it's cool. And then it was a nice little little playful jab before things got really serious. Mm-hmm. But while he's fiddling and putting on his scarf, he's, he says, hey, Wardog, why don't you talk? And surprise, surprise, Wardlow's good on the mic. Mm-hmm. What else is is Wardlow good? Wardlow's good at everything. I know, he's got to be bad at something. Otherwise, it's just like, I hate you even more, Wardlow. I hate you, but I love you. Because <laughs> you're ridiculously yeah, so Wardlow... handsome and you're good on the mic and good wrestler. <laughs> just, just stop. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. yeah, so he he starts talking and he says that if Wardlow's promo last week was called the immortal promo, that would mean that it was the perfect promo, would it not? Yes. He said and it it was almost perfect. It it was really good, but it was it was a little shy of perfect because when he ran through cutting up everybody, he got to Wardlow himself and he started to stumble over his words. And the reason why was because as soon as the name Wardlow came out of his mouth, he realized that what he was doing was wrong. Mm-hmm. Like what he was saying was wrong and it, he couldn't get it out. And I love that. That was really cool. It was once again, AW taking a negative and turning it into a positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They do it all the time. And I'm going to talk about that again later on. 
Then MJF jumps back in and he proceeds to just eviscerate Chris Jericho. He says that Jericho has built his whole career on putting himself in feuds and in matches with people that he that he knows the world wants to see and then like that are above him and then he claims that he's the reason for the good reception of those matches and of those feuds so so in the and when we look at it, in the past that's been HBK that's been Kevin Owens that's been all these people but he he runs through the list of AW people and he runs through Orange Cassidy, he runs through Kenny, he runs through Moxley, and he's like, and now you're on to me. He's like, and that's, this is a very smart move. It's not surprising, because you've been outsmarting people for 30 years. And, and he says, but I'm MJF, and I'm the one person you couldn't outsmart. He says, I'm, I'm really great. I'm really great at what I do. And not just for a 25-year-old, I'm great for any age. And he says that he finds it funny that Jericho says that he shouldn't claim to be better than everybody because he's proved it. He's undefeated in singles. And he says, Chris, I've actually beaten you. So mm-hmm. I'm better than you. And you know it. And at blood and guts, I'm going to prove that again. And he says, Chris, you got it right when you called me a mark. Said, but I'm not a mark for you. I'm a mark for your spot. And I then and I loved that line. It was it was really, really good. And then as it closes, he goes into perfect wrestling promo fashion. He says that on May 5th, he's gonna take his spot. And he says, When you're when you're the pinnacle, you're always on top. Mm-hmm. And, oh, this is just perfect. Yeah. I, I'm glad this they got kids a already a legend. I'm glad they got a catchphrase now too. Uh, yeah, this was such a great promo. My uh, wife watches with me, and she kind of does her crafts and all that stuff, but she stopped when he started doing his promo. She's like, whoa, that was a really good promo. So that's how you know. Even if you get the casuals invested in it, that's how you know it's good. Yeah, I lo- he's he's really good at just, he flips to that super serious and just zooms right in on his face. Mm-hmm. He gets all, it's, he really has... Uh, another gear that mm-hmm. he can hit. Yeah. That is just amazing. And in complete contrast, we have Chris Jericho cutting a promo in a segment that he absolutely botched. It was just terrible. Yeah. And everyone I've heard talk about this thinks it was just terrible. Yeah. The only really highlight of this was Santana. That was like the only good good part of this promo yeah he looked like an absolute clown out there especially coming off of mjf mm-hmm. promo he he starts it by naming the date for blood and guts and hyping up the match which is fine he recaps the tyson knocking out cash wheeler last week or was it last week or two weeks ago anyways it was fine mm-hmm. and then jake Hager grabs the mic and i actually found this kind of funny he oh, says that uh, <laughs> Jake says should that, never be on the microphone. <laughs> he, says, uh, he says that Cash and the rest of the Pinnacle will be forced, and I quote, to suck their own meat through a straw. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah, and then he like, threw and straws act- out and stuff. I was like, what? 
I actually thought this was kind of funny because, and I don't know if it's intentional because I really, really love dim Jake Hager. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. Jake Hager just being really, really stupid is really, really funny to me. That might be part of it when too. Because all the rest of the inner circle, when he said it, they're like, what? Because <laughs> when he said it, you could hear someone go, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. <laughs> you can't say that. <laughs> He's like, you essentially said they're going to suck themselves off mm-hmm. through a straw. <laughs> I, was, I was like holy shit there's no way tnt approved that yeah <laughs> I was like, that's really funny and then jericho grabs the mic again he starts rambling on and on about how the pinnacle doesn't talk enough and how he's distracted by wardlow's eyebrows and he's He's really going down a, a road of just an old man rambling incoherently. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, this is... He doesn't seem like he... It's so... Like, the first promo he cut on the pinnacle, besides the Wardlow box, was, was, like, so good. And then, like, you get to this one, it's like, all right, man. <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it didn't seem like he had a point. Mm-hmm. And then Santana tries to get the train back on the tracks. Yeah. And he jumps in and... He starts cutting a promo calling out FTR, and he says that ever since FTR joined AW, they've been name-dropping Santana and Ortiz, but they never have the balls to challenge us. They've never had the balls to challenge us to a match. And this was this was up until you guys finally had a crew behind you, and now all of a sudden you guys are tough guys. He says, where we're from? That's called bitch moves. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is fantastic. Yeah, just, just have like, Santana talk from now on. <laughs> like, this is really good. And then Chris Jericho's like, hey, you know what? You know how I can fuck this up again? Give me the mic back. <laughs> Let me give you a dirty nursery rhyme. Yeah. And he starts trying to do this little rhyme about MJF. I can't, I'm not even going to say it. It was supposed to rhyme. It didn't rhyme. It didn't make any sense. It was juvenile. It was like a kid mm-hmm. kid in kindergarten it didn't make yeah. it was painful to watch i just wanted it to end and he tries to save face by he stops he's he realizes it's complete shit and he just yells i gave my swirly just so he can get the <laughs> swirly swirly mm-hmm. chance from the crowd he says i i uh wiped my butt with his scarf and that was kind of funny and then oh it's just so bad mm-hmm. and what we were expecting in this episode was that the pinnacle was going to beat the shit out of the inner circle. And we got that, but we didn't get it physically. We yeah, got we that in the form of promos. They yeah. just trounced them. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, they almost got the same effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Had, if Santana never got on the mic, then this it would have been just an absolute mauling. On the pinnacle's part, like it was bad. It's just so strange. Um, yeah, and I think that next week they announce that next week they're going to do a parlay to yeah, go. Over Jericho announces he always likes these parlays or war councils or. I think it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> It's really funny. He's always uh, he, it's always there's always a new word. He's got his thesaurus. Yeah, he's got Jericho's list of yeah. words for the of uh, different w- words for the word meeting. Yeah, like when he did parlay, <laughs> I was like, was he watching Pirates of the Caribbean? Because that's the only time I've ever heard that word used was in those movies. It's certainly the first time <laughs> I ever heard it used as well. Um, 
Yeah, so I think next week in the parlay, they are going to use his fuck up to enhance next week's episode, which is what they do every time. Mm -hmm. Every time something fucks up, they take that thing and use it to make the next episode better. They just build on top of it. Yeah. Every single time. Yeah, because it's like and it's... next week's the go home for Blood and Guts, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, like, oh, and me. then I they doubt they'll announce... come to blows or anything, but because you're not supposed to you fight never during know. a parlay, but. I mean, MJF is a dastardly heel. So that's true. That's true. He's not the one who called parlay. Mm-hmm. That's very true. I could even see uh, Jericho, like, getting attacked and then. Grabbing the mic and being like, it's a parlay! You're not supposed to attack during a parlay! And MJF's like, That'd be funny. this isn't a movie, you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's just going to be great. Um, yeah, oh, they announced that the Blood and Guts match is going to be a one-match show. Yeah, so they're going to wrestle for two hours? Like, that's nuts. I don't know if it's going to be two hours. I think it could be like an over an hour match. I'd see an over an hour, but yeah, I guess maybe they'll just do a bunch of video packages or something beforehand. I don't know. Maybe an hour. They obviously have something special planned mm-hmm. that they, they're they sure this is going to be great. Um, maybe Maybe it's an hour and a half long match, and then the first half hour is building up to it. Yeah. This is crazy. I cannot believe that they're doing this it's gonna be it's gonna be wild yeah because i figured because when it was announced that they're doing it, it's a one match show I, I thought i was like oh maybe maybe they'll do like because it's got to be over an hour especially with all the entrances and stuff and i guess you got to do if they do it like the old school war games each person comes in at a different time so that's going to take up a lot mm-hmm. of time mm-hmm. so i figured they'd do that for the last hour and then maybe the first hour would just be a normal uh dynamite but from what the way they're describing it's like everything's this so (laughs) doesn't look like it so Mm -hmm. they have to have something really cool to uh to fill it with otherwise that's a lot of uh promo time and hype package time yeah especially because you're gonna want that in the the last hour so you're gonna have to do something to keep people hooked hooked in Mm -hmm. maybe they'll show i don't know if could they get some footage of the some of the original war games maybe to... before they were wcw when it was just yeah because a lot of the i don't know wwe probably owns all that a lot of the big ones is nwa and they certainly don't own the nwa stuff mm-hmm. i don't know or i would think they don't yeah oh no they do because i've watched uh rick flair's nwa yeah because they have on... wwe has that um the shark cage match they got that that was like supposedly lost forever the battle of atlanta or something like that oh they sure got I that. Seen that yeah that was on the nwa i don't know if it's on there now since they switched to peacock but oh, well, you don't have peacock here in canada so you're lucky you still no it. i do not yeah <laughs> you, you don't have to deal with any of that yes no i i know uh, i've watched uh rick flair and steamboats nwa series of matches <laughs> on uh, on the network before so yeah those matches are great. Yeah, I, I don't know, I don't know how they're going to fill it, but I'm excited. Yeah, I am I'm too. I'm so intrigued. Yeah, and I know the match is going to be nuts and brutal. I don't know how brutal they can show it on TNT, but I imagine it'll be pretty brutal. They've shown some pretty brutal stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyways, let's get on to 
what oh my god like the the quality of some of these matches yeah this next match out of this world my match of the night i loved everything about this match not to jump ahead to you before you ask me for my thoughts but (laughs) i just got too excited to talk about this match i i loved everything about this match this was so good for those who don't know the match that he's talking about it's tay conti versus cheetah yeah sorry (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, no, it's okay. Uh, so continue. It was so good. It's so physical. It looked like they were just beating the hell out of each other. Just if you like strong style, this is the match for you. Just, just the kicks and the the it looked stiff. They were doing big moves on each other. It was awesome. Yeah, it was leading into this match. We actually got some some road two promo work, which is nice. Um, I had watched these promos earlier in the week on Monday on the Road 2 on YouTube, so I was happy to see they used it for both of them, for Conti and Shida. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very happy to see this because for a long time I've hoped that they would use these promos because I find that they're some of the best promos that they have from a lot of their wrestlers, especially to women who don't get a lot of promos. And yeah. who have, who both English is not their first language. So being able to cut a vignette in a studio where they can edit it and put their best foot forward, it makes them look great. And they look slick as hell. Yeah. They yeah, she looked cool Shida. as hell on the beach doing like karate yeah. moves and stuff. That was cool. <laughs> She's having her karate kid moment yeah. with the headband <laughs> and doing like push ups mm-hmm. and running running through the water like she's rocky and mm-hmm. whatever that rocky three was it four I don't uh know. three what he's training with uh apollo yeah yes like jumping up and down in the water <laughs> yeah it's awesome i love that scene it's so good <laughs> <laughs> i had no idea how funny that scene was when <laughs> i watched it when i was a kid yeah when i was a kid is the coolest adult. thing now two super buff dudes and crop tops jumping up and down in the water <laughs> in little short shorts yeah <laughs> But yeah, this this particular package, it focused primarily on Conti, eleva- on her training, elevating herself to essentially the budding AW superstar that she is mm-hmm. becoming now. She's going to be a champion within a year's time. Oh, for sure. I believe. It's funny. We say that a lot about different women now, which is really cool. It shows that their division is working now. Mm-hmm. It's clicking when yeah. we, we've said it about Statlander, we've said it about Jade, we've said it about mm-hmm. now about Conti. And we've I, been saying about Conti for weeks, but I really say that Conti, I say this all the time, that she is probably AEW's biggest success story success story in terms of in ring work. Like, cause she wasn't bad when she left NXT, but like she is just on a whole nother level now since joining AEW. Like it is amazing to see how good she is now. Yeah, she was like C tier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> she was like she was like the she was like the performance center of NXT. Mm-hmm. Not even yeah. TV ready. Mm-hmm. Like it's just incredible. And yeah, like you said, this match itself was an absolute bla- blast to watch. I thought the clash between the Japanese wrestler, the Japanese wrestling champion, trained in a Japanese dojo. Versus the Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, whose primary influence is Japanese wrestling <laughs> legends, made for a really compelling uh, television match. Yeah. It was really cool. There are two super snug workers 
who absolutely got the best of e- got the best out of each other. Both women just thrive in these stiffer matches. Mm-hmm. Like you can tell they love it. Um they started the match. They they go to shake hands. They pull back and they decide to bow. Yeah, that was cool. Which I thought was beautiful. Yeah. Start is just chef's kiss right there. Um I actually thought Shida channeled Tanahashi in this one, which I really loved. And I say that in that when Tana is in a match with where it's face versus face, he takes he often takes advantage of his opponent's honor and naivete mm-hmm. by working dirty. Yeah. And, and he'll show effectively a lot more and stuff. And... Yeah, he effectively works as the heel in the match. And mm-hmm. not so much that you boo, but just so much that um, he shows the lengths that he's willing to go to to retain his title or to mm-hmm. get the win. And it shows that they understand the willingness. They show willingness to bend the rules to to gain the early advantage in the matches. This isn't the first time, or not the first, this isn't the only time we saw that tonight. We saw that in the main event as well from Darby. Mm-hmm. Darby does the same thing. Yeah. And I loved it. This is, it's prototypical Tanahashi. And Tanahashi is beloved by the fans. Mm-hmm. And the commentary in Japan always points it out when he does this. Like yeah. if he's facing a guy who has a who has a knee injury, he will go for the knee. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a it's awesome. And she did that in this. You like uh, they were being very honorable, and they're being they're obeying the rules. And as soon as they got into a clinch where they were supposed to break peacefully. Shida went for the cheap shot right away. And I was mm-hmm. like, that's fucking Tana. That's yeah. Tana. <laughs> I loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought these two really tapped into the real sports feel that AW has been preaching the whole time. Mm-hmm. This was exemplified by the two jockeying for position when they were repeatedly blocking each other's judo throws and just reversing and reversing yeah. and reversing. So cool. And neither of them could get the judo throw off. And eventually, Conte got it off by stopping and um, then throwing herself against the ropes getting the momentum and then throwing mm-hmm. Sheeta over which i thought was really cool it was a really cool change up of tactics yeah whenever I thought, uh, she did her judo throw i was like oh she needs to be in team taz because her judo throw reminded me of taz's old judo throws in ecw like it was mm-hmm. hers are so good because i mean she's like a an elite level judo martial artist so it makes sense that she's good at the judo throw yeah totally <laughs> Yeah, so there's, again, as I've said this multiple times on this episode, there are some really breathtaking spots in this. Conte's best-in-class pump kicks were on full display. Mm-hmm. She did it about three or four different times in this, which maybe that's over the top. I loved it. There I'll was, do it all match. I don't care. They look good. Yeah, I don't so. care. It, <laughs> that, that's my kink, is her, her pump kicks. Um, but yeah, she has a... It's, it's funny, it's... Her version of the desperation lariat is her desperation pump kick, mm-hmm. which I loved. She, she did it. Yeah, she, like a it's like she got hit with a German. She popped. She popped up with her with her adrenaline, hit a pump kick, and then passed out on the ground. Yeah. I was like, yes, <laughs> this is so cool. Mm-hmm. And she did another variation where she just clean wipes the face off of Sheeta with the two pump kicks in the corner. She hits her with the one, and then bounces off the ropes to do the. To do the lace wipe one mm-hmm. across her face, yeah, which I always, 
think that's just the nastiest thing you've ever seen. Yeah. Very much Katsuyori Shibata. Yep, which is one of her biggest influences. So that's why she's always high up in my book now. Because. Uh... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then Sheena, at, at one point, she chained together three different submissions on Conte, sh- essentially showing Conte that Japanese wrestling can compete with BJJ practitioners mm-hmm. on the ground, which I really liked. Just a little, little bits of one-upmanship, I yeah. thought, were really cool in this match. And then there were some fan, just the, mo- the most brutal turnbuckle work you'll ever see. Yeah, this stuff was <laughs> rough, and I loved it. Like uh, Conti draped, like, ooh, ooh, ah. <laughs> Conti draped Sheeta over, like across the turnbuckle, so that her head was on one rope and her legs on the other, and she just toe kicks her right in the midsection. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh Jesus! Yeah. <laughs> it's like, god damn! And then she gets on top and then does a senton on her, crashing her to the ground. Sheeta, yeah, that's cool. Um, you don't see a lot of people do the senton from that position. Like she just no. kind of fell back. It's like boop senton. There was some innovative shit in this match, including mm-hmm. this next move that Sheeta did, oh, where gosh, she called it the witch's shot. It was essentially it's essentially like an inverted Chicago skyline mm-hmm. that Colt Cabana does, where she has her in like a she's on on the turnbuckle and has her in like a in like a torture rack sort of, mm-hmm. and then she she throws her up and she comes crashing down back first across the top turnbuckle and. It's the most brutal turnbuckle move I've seen in my life. Yeah, yeah, it looked. Nasty. I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, and <laughs> like Conti that sold just... it so well too. Like she looked like she wanted to die. And then, like she hit it, and then like, and then made it as if she like then hit her head on the mm-hmm. the rope on the way down as well. Yeah, just so good. And then the two of them, they're just exchanging back and forth with with their signature moves. Ty hits a Ty KO for a very believable near fall that I completely Yeah, on. that one got me. I was like, whoa, oh, that was such a good near fall. <laughs> and she tried to then follow it up with the DDT, and I was like, oh, my God, this is it. Mm-hmm. They're going to pull the trigger here. And I thought for a moment she would pull it off, but no, Sheeta counters it by hitting her with a crunchy for a near fall. And in the end, Sheeta drops Conti down to one knee, with her vicious strikes and then hits her with the with the katana spinning leg kick for the one, two, three. This is just an absolutely brilliant star making performance mm-hmm. by Conti. And Sheeta once again put over another talent. It, it with so many people have had their best matches against Sheeta. Yeah. <laughs> Sheeta's so good and like she doesn't get talked about enough about how good she is. Yeah. Um, I can't uh, take credit for this. I, I think it was, I think it was uh, what culture they said that Sheeta, she's the AW Women's Champion, but somehow is underrated mm-hmm. for sure because of how much she, she, she's lacking for TV time, for mm-hmm. promo time, for all this stuff, and yet she keeps having all the best women's matches yeah. in the company. Yeah, her. Um, I really liked at the beginning of the match they played up her. This is her eighth title defense. I like it because New Japan does that a lot. Like on his fifth title defense, they'll do that. I like when they do. That yeah, it's stuff. cool. Mm-hmm. It's very good, and it's funny. Like Conte is, she's a top ten in the world now, mm-hmm. and in less than a year. Yeah, yeah. That's it's just amazing how insane how much she's learned since joining AEW and just how good she is now. 
Top 10 in the world, top 3 in AEW. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Just so, so cool. Yeah, four and a half for me on this one. <laughs> the post-match for oh, this. this is great. <laughs> it's so funny. This is Britt Baker versus the AEW rankings. Once again, my favorite segment of the week. Britt Baker comes... Sheeta's celebrating in the ring, and Baker's music comes on, and Sheeta's looking at looking around she's like oh what the fuck mm-hmm. and Britt comes out she looks up at this up at the screen above her and it shows the rankings up there and i died when the rankings are up there mm-hmm. like like a glowing beacon for all the world to see larger than they'll ever be and then she points up and <laughs> yeah it said like the, number one <laughs> like the the letters burst apart and they come back and it's just her up there like a picture of her and it says new number one and I'm like this is the funniest thing yeah and one part that really sold it for me and i didn't catch it at first but it was so funny sheeta javelin through her kendo stick yeah. at brit baker when she did this mm-hmm. and brit baker stepped back like oh what the fuck mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really funny yeah it was hilarious Britt just kind of oh. waves at her after that and just walks off. And there you go. Like, now we're on our way to to a double or nothing mm-hmm. with with Britt Baker versus Hikaru Shida. This is going to be fantastic. Yeah. I <laughs> cannot wait. Me either. And uh, as much as we were just talking about how she does amazing and stuff, it's it's time. It's time for Britt to be the champ. Oh, of course. And the one really nice thing is it's too bad because Sheeta had said that she's been she's been a pandemic champion. Mm-hmm. She has been a champion for she's the longest champion they've ever had in the women's division and maybe in AW at all. Maybe Jericho's completely. original run might have been longer. They're, she's they're almost pretty. She's been champion for it? almost a year now. Yeah, if not long. They said like 350 days, so she's like, like two weeks away from. Okay, okay, and uh, but and she says she's never been a champion in front of a packed crowd, mm-hmm. and depending on how many people they get into double or nothing, she may never be, at least yeah. in this championship run, which is unfortunate. Um, but yeah, we'll she'll see. definitely be champion again though after she loses. And on that note. There was some news this week that I did forget to mention. Um, JR mentioned that they're going to be traveling and running shows with fans starting in July. That's the plan. Mm-hmm. So that's fun. I I hope they do it safely. I hope that they're able to heavily screen people. And I don't I don't know what the legalities of are as far as having people already be vaccinated to get in there. I don't know that you can. I can get in. Do I'm that. Totally vaccinated. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I am not because I live in Canada and I probably is going to be a couple months before I get my first shot. But Man, just be ready. That second shot was no joke. If anyone listening has gotten there, you know what I'm talking about. I thought I was dying. That was like a, it was like a Ty Conti head kick. Yeah, pretty much. Like I felt like I got hit by something heavy. <laughs> or maybe more, maybe more so, uh, Anthony a go go gut punch. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, 
I did one move. <laughs> it was bad. But it was only it only lasted a day, so. That's good. That's good to hear. Mm-hmm. Okay. With, uh, with that interesting news of running shows again, mm-hmm. let's... This is a terrible segue, but let's hop into <laughs> this Miro vignette. This doesn't that didn't make any sense. Anyways, I just want to get to the next subject. This Miro vignette, really, really good. Um, mm-hmm. Miro once again, he's really mad. He's really pissed, and he says, "Once again, another week, no kip, and it's eating him up inside." Yeah. He's really pissed off, but he's all business. He's going to continue to move on. He says that. He's going to seek out his vindication from s- stripping the belts off of every champion one by one in AEW. It's only a matter of time until uh, until he gets his first belt. He said it doesn't matter to him which champion he he gets. He said the, the only thing he's focused on now is which one do I choose first? Mm-hmm. Is it Kenny with his slimy impact mouth? Darby with his emo face oh paint gosh, daddy. That, that was the line of the night. That was so funny. Emo face paint daddy. <laughs> he, he says, if you've got a, and I love this line, if you've got a title, you've got a problem. I love that. That is, is so simple, so succinct. Yeah. Um, and they can set up, he says, you can set up all the hoops and obstacles you want, but it's not going to prevent me from reaching my destiny. The order in which Miro said all these things, he's absolutely beating Darby on the way to then challenging Kenny Hi. for his title. Mm-hmm. I think he may even hold the TNT title when he challenges Kenny, and maybe this is a way for Kenny to then get the TNT title. Yeah. Keep belt that would collecting. be really cool. Yeah, I heard uh, on what culture they floated the idea of Darby facing Kenny at Double or Nothing, which would actually be kind of cool. Um, That'd be good. Have they? I don't know if I've ever seen them wrestle. No, they haven't. Yeah, that's why it would be so cool. Mm-hmm. It would be amazing. Yeah, Darby. However, could bump all over the place for Kenny. That'd be nuts. Yeah, I love my my weird fantasy booking of Miro takes the belt from Darby, and he's like. Well, I still need to complete my destiny. And he turns his attention to Kenny. He goes after Kenny and then loses both belts mm-hmm. to Kenny. And then Kenny's got more belts. Because nobody has put together in their mind that Kenny's going to go after that TNT title yet. Yeah. They're all talking about Impact and New Japan and all these other places. Like, oh, we've got a second title right mm-hmm. over here. Yeah. We've also got FTW if he wants to face the, um, Cage down the line as well. Which yeah. uh, I don't know that he would drop himself to that level just yet. No yeah, disrespect to a, Cage. A, a Miro versus Cage match would be cool. A Miro versus Cage match would be cool, and that'd be some. May, maybe that's something that they could do with Miro as well. Maybe, maybe Miro does a little bit of belt collecting. Yeah, that'd be cool. Like Miro gets all the secondary titles, and then Kenny's got all these world titles from around, and they clash. That'd be really cool. Or like Miro gets the secondary titles, and then. They have like a winner take all. And yeah, Kenny like wins. And Miro gets them. the FTW and the TNT. Then he goes to Impact and gets the X Division title. And like, that'd be nuts. Cool. I like this a lot. Okay, so next match. This is a this is a weird. This is one that they couldn't announce because the 
the reason why this match was booked happened it was either monday or tuesday on one of the two darks mm-hmm. um the story this is billy gunn versus qt marshall the story heading into this one was that i believe it was on on elevation billy stepped in for austin gunn in the back after austin's match when qt got in his face backstage mm-hmm. and it resulted in qt sucker punching billy giving him a black eye so that's why this match was booked and i like that a lot that they booked this match after something that happened on dark that's very cool that's very smart yeah i like that a lot i think they should do a little bit more of that because it gives a reason for the match to not come in cold yeah yeah always setting up stories always good Mm -hmm. yeah so what were what, what were your thoughts of this match uh, I like this match. Uh, it was good. It, was, it wasn't like anything to like, wasn't like match of the year or anything, but it wasn't the worst match I've ever seen. It was right down the middle. I like it. Billy Gunn is 57 years old, which is nuts because he doesn't look like it. And he's huge. It's It still amazes me just how huge he is. Yeah, he like, he's he's massive. Yeah. I wasn't really too sure about this match until I saw the QT promo where he turned up his New Jersey accent and he's dressing like Tony Soprano, like, that stuff was funny and awesome. So it got me more hyped on the match after I saw that promo. <laughs> oh yeah. It's completely, I mean, I was already in on this, but his, he's essentially turned himself into Tony Soprano mm-hmm. and it's so fun. And they even commented on it on yeah. the air, like that. He's a wannabe Tony Soprano. It's amazing. It's mm-hmm. fantastic. I love every second of yeah. it. They're really nailing this vibe and he straight up changed his voice. Yeah. <laughs> he, he gave himself a New Jersey accent. Mm-hmm. I thought it was fantastic. I, I, I love the idea that now that he's getting some like notoriety and fame, he's just like letting it go to his head and just turning into a mob boss for some reason now and stuff. Like, what? <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, so before this match, we get a vignette with Ogogo saying that the only reason he's in America, in shitty America, is to mm-hmm. is to win... Is to get is to make some money, and QT says that tonight he's going to show Ogogo and Billy uh, just how little, yeah, um, just how little how little it's worth to follow Cody. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's it's not worth shit following Cody. So I'm go- I'm going to show you. And the match starts with wannabe Tony Soprano walking out <laughs> flanked by his goons, which in this case is. Comorado and Aaron Solo. So Agogo is conspi- is conspicuous in his absence. You know he's getting involved in this somehow, mm-hmm. especially with him not being there. You're like he's showing up for sure. Oh, somehow. for sure. Yeah. The only thing so, I will say negative is uh, Comorado's jacket. I didn't like his jacket that much. It was kind of crazy, but it's looked better. I mm-hmm. swear it's looked better in the past. It looks so bizarre from the back. Yeah. I just he's such a like he looks a big, like and he's got like such a nice physique on it. It's like I don't know why you don't need to wear that giant jacket. Show off your caveman body, dude. Oh, for sure. It's he. It looks like it's from like the late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he looks like the Phantom of the Opera bleached his clothes yeah. or something. It's yeah. bizarre. You're right, but yeah, so. Right away, Billy Billy decides to get the drop on right away, and QT responds by just feeding him Aaron Solo. Yeah. Just <laughs> just throws Aaron Solo at him. He gets clocked. I think uh, Comrado gets hit as well. He drags 
cutie into the ring and he just starts ragdolling him all around the ring. Mm-hmm. Billy controls this match uh, because as far as f- kayfabe's confer- con- yeah, confirmed, concerned, Billy is the better wrestler and coach mm-hmm. uh, between the two of them. And Billy's just wiping the floor with them outside the ring. Camarola, Camarado and Solo get involved with Austin and Colton Gunn, who are in the crowd. Uh, they jump the barricade. They're they're just literally on top. Yeah, they jump like of, right on top of him. <laughs> of Camarado. It looks like he's got like a monkey on his yeah. head. He's like, oh, get him off, get him off. And they battle out to the parking lot. And then it goes back to the ring. And back in the ring, Bill QT gives... Billy, some of his best shots. He hits him with a pile driver, but that ca- they can't put away the humongous fifty-seven-year-old. So big, it's ridiculous how big Billy Gunn is. And then the moment happens that we were all waiting for. Billy gets he's he's on the outside of the ring. He turns around. All of a sudden, Anthony Ugo goes there at ringside. He's on he's on the apron. He gets his he gets his gut shot in on Billy. The one big shot, Billy staggers back into the ring, into the waiting embrace of the diamond cutter for the one, two, three. In in the post-match, we see a go-go. He fetches a wooden folding chair for QT Marshall and like, what's with this wooden lawn furniture? Yeah, it's weird. A random, I don't get it. Random piece of furniture they got there. Anyways, they toss it in the ring. They're about to just destroy uh billy gun but out comes dustin and dustin he fights off qt with the coolest um, face paint i think he's ever had that's yeah, such he's, rad he's, face paint absolutely he's got, he's got the bull rope with him mm-hmm. uh, which was cool i didn't know what it was at first but uh excalibur called it out he's got, oh he's got the bull rope so yeah he had it like wrapped up to where just the bell was up front so he could hit mm-hmm, that cowbell mm-hmm. i think they should probably have it loose mm-hmm. so then you know what it is yeah like when uh, Stan Hansen would wave oh it around. Gosh, just walk through the crowd, spinning it around and stuff. Terrifying. Just hitting the crowd with yeah, the rope. Yeah, they, they loved it. They freaking loved him over in Japan. They didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he takes a swing. He He's knocking QT around. And he a go-go gets up on the apron. And we're like, oh, these two are going to go. But, and... So he picks up the chair. Dustin picks up the chair. This is this wooden folding chair. And then in comes Nick Camaroto. And he straight breaks this chair over his head. And mm-hmm. Camaroto just stands there. Just unfazed. Just I think he even him. leaned into it. Yeah. Like head of it. <laughs> he's drooling. He's like, he looks fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is really cool. And 1,000%, this feud is not for QT. This is to elevate Agogo and potentially Camarado as well yeah. to star status. Yeah. I think they definitely have something with Agogo. And we will see if they can also get Camarado over. Yeah, I mean, if they I just keep having him that... eat chair shots to the head and just breaking chairs with his head and stuff, he'll get over pretty quick. <laughs> I have a feeling that poor Solo's in this to be the fall guy. Yeah, he's still pretty pretty new though, right? He's good. Yeah. He's definitely good, but he's um, he's he's constantly eating shit so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he's always he's always he took a loss on elevation as well, mm-hmm. so he he's the guy taking taking the falls in this one. Which whenever you have factions, um, there's there's always someone in the faction that's the gotta fall be a guy. fall guy. Yeah, 
but he's getting TV yeah, time, so, and you can't you can't do better than that. Absolutely. So yes, for this match, I get three point two five. It was good. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, it was a good match. Like I, I said, could, it was good. It I wasn't couldn't in best match ever or anything, but it was good. I couldn't in good faith give it a a bad rating. Because mm-hmm. it certainly wasn't bad. I mean, it's a 57-year-old man. QT is a legit, very good worker. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this he wasn't gonna do, wasn't gonna do any of those crazy moves with a uh, with big old Billy Gunn in there. Yeah. Um, however, the post match, I give a four. I thought that was great. Yeah, I was, that was so I was, awesome. <laughs> I was really entertained, and I'm thoroughly entertained by this feud they've got going on. Between the two factions, I was convinced Cody was going to show up, especially with it being live. He did not, and I'm I'm pleasantly impressed with his restraint. Yeah, I'm surprised he hasn't shown back up and single handedly beaten all of them yet. But uh, just well, that's but, one thing that everyone always yeah. says is that Cody's only in it for the spotlight to to hog all the glory. We haven't seen him in almost a month now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is cool. I wonder when he'll probably come back. Probably after Blend Guts would be my guess. Because mm-hmm. next oh, yeah. week is he, taped. You won't want to take away the uh, the shine from that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Imagine he comes out for Blood and Guts. Yes. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Thought this was for me. And then <laughs> he's like, "I'm the ref." Yeah, I'm getting involved. Yeah, I got to be in the first Blood and Guts match because he was it was supposed to be Inner Circle versus the Elite originally, right? Well, yeah. Th- what I and do like, I mean. Despite the uh, the men in this blood and guts being less interesting to me than last time, I do. Yeah, the build for this one's better. Mm-hmm. Oh, last sure. time it was it was just like two weeks before blood and guts. All these guys who hadn't really been involved with each other, the elite hadn't really helped each other in weeks at that time. Yeah, and then they're just like, yeah, we're friends again. Yeah, Let's we hate the inner guts. circle, so we gotta try to. <laughs> and then Nick got. They hurt Nick because his wife just had the baby, so they brought in Matt Hardy. Yes, yes, yes. But, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, very cool. Next, we have this really strange segment. (laughs) Speaking of Nick Jackson. The best part about this whole thing is Nick's outfit. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, he looked like Riff Raff. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, these guys look so stupid. Yeah, they're... So stupid, but in the most ironic way. They're doing it on purpose, like... They yeah, all have I super dangly is. earrings now and stuff. Like, it's ridiculous. They are leaning all the mm-hmm. way in. Except for if you notice, I Kenny, can appreciate that. Kenny hasn't, he's just kind of had like a colorful shirt, but he hasn't been ridiculous dressed as he has been. Like, he didn't have his boots on last night. He just had tennis shoes on. I know. Yeah. They are, uh, it's like they, d- they don't want to have everybody look mm-hmm. like complete tossers. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe it's like now that Kenny's got them, he's like, well, I don't need to look like a goof anymore. I'll just have them look like a goof. That way, <laughs> that way I look cool. Yeah, like there's a certain uh, subset of people on Twitter that are getting worked mm-hmm. by this. That they are they are so bothered by what they look like, and it's really really. Oh, they're funny. doing it on purpose, man. It's it's the it's like when they started doing the young bucks started doing all the super kicks in their matches. They did it just to piss everyone off. They're dressing like complete buffoons to piss everyone off. And they, then they go online and say, check out our drip and stuff. Cause they know that pisses you off. Like I saw people immediately last night uh, being like, Oh, I bet, I bet Nick Jackson thinks that he's going to get a bunch of tweets that say 
that say drip and it's like no he thinks he's gonna get a bunch of tweets like yours yeah yep yep and that's why in their bio <laughs> they'll post new bio and then it's like make sure you check out our drip tonight or something and they, yeah. they know what they're doing they're working you guys people are getting worked mm-hmm. mercilessly it's funny mm-hmm. but they don't tell them they're, they're getting worked because then they'll get mad at you for saying that. yeah they think that they think they're dunking on them but it's like oh guys they are playing you like a fiddle. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, they look stupid. And this is why. Mm-hmm. Because of how you're acting right now. It's so funny. It's so funny. People just can't help themselves. It'll They trip over themselves trying to insult them. The same people that hate it now, in like a month and a half, when they keep dressing like this, they'll be all about it. <laughs> yeah, so Don... Don Callis starts running down all the people running down all the accolades of all the people in the in the trailer with them. And we get to Kenny and he reminds us that he's challenging for the impact title this weekend. A fact that AEW has completely dropped the ball mm-hmm. on promoting, considering it's a champion versus champion match in which their title is also on the line. Yeah. Conceivably within Kayfabe, so if... Rich Swan could be showing up next yeah. week with the AEW title. Yeah. So if Kenny gets the AEW title, he, he, he's got to bring it on. To, yeah, he does. 1,000%. Uh, and if he doesn't, what the fuck are you guys even doing this for? Because mm-hmm. he brings out the AAA title every once in a while. Only when he wrestles the, the Lucha the Brothers. Yeah, <laughs> he just shows it off to them. I should say the Mexicans when he <laughs> wrestles a Mexican. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah. Oh, and then Matt Jackson tells him that this is the... He tells them, this is the group that is the reason why business went up in Japan. This is the group that is responsible for the world-famous Bullet Club shirts being sold in Hot Topic. This is the group that's responsible for this whole company existing before you today. It's called All Elite Wrestling Mm -hmm. for a reason. And then Nick reminds us that it's not called All Moxley and (laughs) Kingston Wrestling. Just so obnoxious. Yeah. It's so Especially stupid. the way he's dressed. It's like, oh my God. He looks like he's wearing like he looks like he's wearing like wallpaper. Yeah, that's exactly what I was about to say. Like just super gaudy wallpaper. <laughs> like I like, wonder where they even got literally, these clothes. Literally the wallpaper from Gaudy's house. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and Matt's wearing like, like like a plaid outfit, like it's matching plaid shirt and shorts and he, he looks like he's wearing the the wallpaper from like some mob boss's house. Mm-hmm. Like that look that's what he looks like he's wearing. And he's wearing yeah. that stupid little hat on his head. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's incredible. And then Kenny tries to get some words in, but there's a car honking outside and they're all like, oh, what What the fuck is this car? What's going on? Why is this honking? Someone tell that person to stop. We're live. What's going on here? They look outside, and it cuts to the outside. And, of course, it's Moxley and Kingston. They're in a big-ass truck. Mm-hmm. And they're honking the horns. And they smash into the side of the trailer. And they hop out. King Moxley yells, get the pipe. They get the pipe. Yeah. They run out. They're smashing windows. Oh, you they guys break play, into the huh? trailer. You think we're playing? Is what they keep saying and stuff while they're hitting. They break in there. Moxley yells, "They're not even here. <laughs> they're not even here. They ran away. We've got nothing to be afraid of." 
Um, and then Kingston yells, I wanted to steal the sneakers. Yeah. And then and Moxley says, forget about the sneakers. You got to stop jacking people's sneakers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and yeah, so Kingston's far more upset about the sneakers. And Moxley's, he's yelling about how, he's like, how they're cowards. This is Bitch AF. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, we've got nothing to worry about. We've got nothing to worry about. They're not going to do anything. They're laughing. They're talking down to them in the camera. They're like, you guys have nothing against us. You ran away. Mm-hmm. Like, we we knew you guys weren't a threat. They're like, this is hilarious. Where, where'd they even go? And 1,000% our angry uncles are going to get a shot at the world at the world oh, tag yeah. team titles. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, that's going to be so good. I wish they would have shown because it, it's kind of a weird did, like because when they went in, they're like they're not even in here. I was like, what? Uh, they should have like shown them yeah. like kind of running off or something. The elite running yeah. off. Yeah, like show show them escape out the back. It was mm-hmm. odd. Yeah, I was at like, least Wait. at least you see one person from the elite run off because I thought they were going to go in there like, and they'd be all beat up and they'd come drag them out or something. Mm-hmm. Like when they went back there and they're like, they're not here. I was like, wait, how are they not? Th-? Like if I didn't clue in that it was the same trailer, I was like, is it a different trailer? What's going mm-hmm. on? This doesn't make sense. They looked out their trailer and saw them. Yeah. I don't get it. Like if, if it wasn't apparent, like I thought it was a different trailer and they did like pulled a little Houdini on them or something. Yeah. It was like, oh, this this is weird. You def- we definitely should have seen them. There's not enough time for them to get away. Yeah, they should have shown like them in the background or something, like super far away, like they ran off or something. They were like, you didn't get us this time, you punks, or something. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so then we had... Christian versus Okay, Hobbs. Christian versus Hobbs. And Thank this you. was my most anticipated match of the week because I was so excited for Hobbs to get the yeah. get the spotlight on him. This is good. This is good. What were your thoughts of this one? Oh, I love this match. This match was great. Uh, if it wasn't for the women's title match, this would be my match of of the night because it was just all powerhouse Hobbs. I mean he he made Christian look like like Christian by the end of the match looked like he he had to outwork everyone because he looked like he was about to die. Like I yeah. loved it. He couldn't like Hobbs just powered him the whole match, and uh, yeah, I like this match a lot. I don't know if I really agree with the the way it ended. I knew Christian was gonna win, but I was kind of hoping for more of a surprise roll up, like just a quick roll yeah. up one two three, then hitting him with his finisher. But other, it, that's not even that big a deal. But I like the match. The I mean, even in defeat, Hobbs looked like uh, ten million bucks. He looked amazing. Oh yeah, it was fantastic. Yep, I I I I love this match. I thought it ruled. Um, (laughs) I was watching this match and I kept saying over and over, "Is like Hobbs, stop playing with your food." (laughs) Yeah, like it was like he he looked like he was just an absolute hoss, just tossing around a frail old man. Yeah, like a frail old man whose facial expressions were on point, whose hair was disheveled, is straight up by the end of the. Like, you know, have you seen the poster for Nobody, the movie Nobody, mm-hmm. where it's Bob Odenkirk and he looks like a middle-aged man, his hair's disheveled, he's all bloody, he's mm-hmm. like, he looks like he's in over his head. He, This is what Christian looks like when he wrestles right yeah. now. 
Yeah. Um, I, yeah. It reminded me the way Hobbs wrestled this match reminds me of like on those nature documentaries when the, the killer whales are just playing around with the seals they catch, just like throwing them up in the yes. air and stuff. <laughs> yes, that's perfect. Yeah, so there was nothing Christian could do in this one. Nope. He had no defense. Yeah. It's like he had to just get beaten down until Hobbs would do something stupid, and then he would take advantage of it. Yeah, he had to wait. Like, he had to use his experience. Okay, you know what? I'm going to take back what I said about the the way he got the finish. I wanted surprise roll. Like, because he waited for Hobbs to showboat a little bit towards the end, yep. and then he used his, his veteran experience. So I'm coming back. It, it's smart. Yeah, I liked it. And I heard someone call this out because I didn't watch Christian in in Impact so or in TNA, so I would not have picked up on this otherwise. But I believe it was Sean Sapp who said that um, Hobbs has said in interviews that he used to do the Christian, he would pretend to be Christian and do all the Christian poses. That was mm-hmm. Christian's pose that yep. he was doing when he got caught at the end. Mm-hmm. Yep. He was showboating and doing Christian's old pose and Christian hit him with the finisher. It was perfect. But yeah, 1000%. Like this was essentially Chris. It's like Christian was like playing dead the whole time, <laughs> just waiting for the, for the big angry guy to stop pounding on him so he could turn his back on. Yeah. There's, him. there's one point in the match where he gets like a little bit of offense off and keeps Hobbs off him for a second. He's like laying on the ground and he's like, Oh, like he, he was selling it so well. Like he, he's like, Oh shit, what am I doing in this match? Yeah. It was a much slower paced match than the one <laughs> that he had against Kazarian. And Oh, there was such a funny moment in this match between Taz and, and oh JR. Gosh, yeah. <laughs> so, so Hobbs hits the Arn Anderson spine buster and, and JR goes, Oh, it's some type of uh, Arn Anderson uh, powerbomb. And Taz goes, Spinebuster. And JR goes, Oh, it's a, it's a lot of things, actually. And Taz goes, No, it's a Spinebuster. <laughs> <laughs> and only Taz can get away with correcting JR like that. Mm-hmm. Like Only Taz can get away with that because of their history yeah, together. They, they called SmackDown a lot back in the day. So yeah, <laughs> like Taz just straight up in kayfabe tough guy act just mm-hmm. just stepped on Jared tw- twice. I, yeah. like, Holy shit. I mean, it makes sense too because Taz is the heel here, so he can. Oh, it was he can do that so stuff good. Too. Yeah, yeah. Christian selling absolutely the hugest asset that he had in this match. Mm-hmm. Again, Hawes slipped up ever so slightly with his overconfidence. He went for a couple high risk maneuvers that Christian was able to, on two occasions, get pull out just his only two maneuvers on the mm-hmm. big man. He hit him with the frog, with the frog splash at one point. Um, like, Hobbs went up. He wanted to go up on the top rope for whatever reason with, uh, with Christian, which that's a bad place for him. Christian slipped up underneath him and just quickly powerbombed him mm-hmm. real quick. And I thought that was so cool. And obviously that didn't get the win. And... He Christian just eked out the win with off the skin of his teeth. Yeah. Because as we said, Hobbs was doing the Christian uh the Christian pose and he's like, ah, you know what? I'm gonna take advantage of this. Bang, Bob's your uncle. Mm-hmm. One, two, three. And then Ricky Starks comes hobbling out after the match, still selling the ankle like an absolute champ to check on his fallen stablemate. 
and he looks up at Christian and they, they go out either staring at each other and the the announce booth called it out, we're gonna get this match. Yeah. It's gonna be incredible. Yeah, the match is gonna be really good. And it'll be it'd be another thing for Christian to get tired from is just the speed of Starks. Like him trying to keep so, up. I it's good like I find their well a little less so now, but their body types are kind of similar, mm-hmm. and they both wrestle that sort of old school, but like quasi high flying mm-hmm. fashion. That I think it's gonna be, they're gonna mirror each other really well. Yeah, and I'm excited for that one. It's gonna it's be, gonna really, be really good. Really good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that match, oh, fuck, I, that's another four and a half for me. Yeah, it was, it was not nearly as spectacular as the Kazarian one, and it wasn't nearly as back and forth as the as the Kazarian one. And I really think they need to rename Christian's catchphrase to "outlast everyone." Yeah, outlast everyone. That's all he does. <laughs> He's certainly not outworking them. Mm-hmm. He's outlasting them. Yeah. Or outthink everyone. Yeah. He's he's outworking them in his selling though. His selling's amazing. Oh my god, his selling's insane. Yeah. So this next segment was good, short. And confusing. So this <laughs> yeah. was a a Jade Cargill vignette. Um, she, her work, very good. She says that she is AW's next big thing, and every manager wants to represent her, but she's a solo star and she doesn't need representation. So if you want her business, you got to come with the money, which was awesome from her part. And then we see Matt Hardy, and he talks about how he w- would love to have Jade with the HFO. And then Vicky Guerrero comes on and says that she would love to have Jade in her stable. And I'm thinking, Vicky, you don't have a stable. Yeah, you just you just have um, Nyla Rose with you. Yeah, Nyla. <laughs> yeah, it's not a stable. <laughs> no. Like, she's, they've weirdly teased her having a stable and having a group of heels. I mm-hmm. think she might have at one point... She may have... It might have been the plan to have Ivalice with her because mm-hmm. she was in part of those beat downs in the back yeah. before. And so I think maybe that got messed up. But there's one time they had, like, literally Jade and Nyla walked out onto the stage one time to distract somebody mm-hmm. on dark and then walked away and then were never seen together ever again. Yeah. So, like, it seems like they've been trying some stuff out. But, like, not ever connecting the dots. <laughs> like, <laughs> Vicky, you don't have a staple. This yeah. <laughs> why did they put that on the air? Yeah. yeah. Like, there's a huge continuity error there. So I wonder if Jade will get a manager. She doesn't need one. She could talk great. So she doesn't... I wonder if they no, if, I mean, one place where she would look fantastic would be the Pinnacle. That would be great. That'd be I awesome. I think she'd look good there. Yeah. Yeah, it was just... It was a little funky. And she a little replace, sloppy. Um, uh, spears in the pinnacle <laughs> <laughs> oh for sure it's just military press spears yeah, i'm in here now oh my god then we have this fucking main event oh this was great too man see there's four four and a half star matches yeah, I know, that you could uh, you could argue that they're five star matches and i would not fight you on them mm-hmm <laughs> Yeah. Like this match was so fucking good. So good. Um what let's start with your thoughts first. Uh I like this match a lot. It's like the future main events of AEW now for the world title in probably like 
two years time or something. This was a lot so of fun. literally what I have written in front yeah. of me. Yeah, this is a, <laughs> this is a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of cool, innovative spots that uh, some people on Twitter thought they were botches, and now they're getting dragged through the mud for calling it out. But it's just a cool looking yeah. move, and like, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. I like this match a lot. Uh, I hope we see it again sooner rather than later. I liked. Um, uh, yeah, so I don't know if that was after the match or before the match, but like the involvement of other parties, but I think it was after the match. Oh, what's that? Oh, yes, after the match. Yeah. Yes, but yeah, I, 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 know the... I know what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this match was cool. It it was almost as if you're reading right from my notes. <laughs> like uh, we had the exact same thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. These two were so severely evenly matched mm-hmm. in this one. And you said two years, I said three years. That's literally the only difference yeah. between what you said and what I have written down in front of me. Is that, yes, in three years' time, we're going to see these two guys for the World Championship instead of the TNT Championship. Yeah, because whenever they were, AEW's first starting, and they had both of them in, I was like, oh, the, that's the two oh, dudes yeah. they're going to they're gonna build up. Because they're like, uh, Jungle Boy, like even my wife was saying, like, he is so handsome. Like, he looks like a movie star. I was like... Well, his dad was Luke Perry, so of course he's going to be super handsome. But like he's he's got that like just that star, like you can have him on like the Today Show and all those shows and stuff. He's a leading man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is a reason why when they first announced Dynamite on TNT, they brought him around mm-hmm. with Kenny and the Bucks and Cody. It was, it was those guys and and Jungle Boy. Mm-hmm. Even though Jungle Boy wasn't known by anybody, he was known by us because we watched the indies. Yeah, but he wasn't known by mainstream wrestling fans at all. And if you could, I I tweeted this out on our on our Twitter. Please follow us at the work rate at work rate podcast on Twitter. Yeah. Um, I tweeted out when this match was announced that if you had asked me. I think two years ago, but let's even say three years ago, what two guys from the Indies would you take to have a dream match on national television? It would have been these two guys. Mm -hmm. These were my two favorite wrestlers outside of the mainstream. And at that time, I consider Kenny and Ibushi and the Bucks and all those other guys the mainstream yeah. as well. Yeah. Like they were with New Japan, they were with Ring of Honor. That's mm-hmm. mainstream. Yeah, for sure. But the these guys were on the indies working with Janela on GCW mm-hmm. doing eight shows a week during yeah. WrestleMania week. Yeah. These were the workhorses of the indies at the time. And now we're watching them on the main event on national television. And I could not have dreamed that this was possible before mm-hmm. AEW existed. So I'm so yeah. thankful for that. And yeah, similar to the first match of the night, these two look like they were in a real struggle. Yeah. Like everything was fought for, which I really like. It makes it seem really real. And like you said, there's this is one of the more innovative matches I've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. It's always such a joy watching these guys. And when you when you see a new move for the first time, it's it's a different feeling. Yeah. And when Jungle Boy hit that one move 
where I had to rewind it multiple times to see what it was. And I was like, nope, I've definitely never seen this. Yeah, before. it's like a poison rod yeah. crucifix bomb or something. I don't even know how to describe it. It was nuts. Yeah, it was insane. <laughs> it was like a combination between a crucifix bomb, a midair monkey yeah. flip. Uh, it was just like the coolest thing and just like landed right on the upper back of mm-hmm. Darby. Like, perfect. Yeah, that's it how you know so... it's not a botch because the way Darby landed, he landed perfectly mm-hmm. for it. It was so cool and so innovative that we, you and I obviously both saw the same troll. Mm-hmm. We There were even trolls on Twitter trying to claim that this was a botch and solely because nobody's ever seen this before. Yeah, so like, this cool has move. to be a botch. Yeah. Look how he landed. He landed on the back of his neck. No, he landed on his back and then rolled through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what it looks like when you land on your back and then roll through. Yeah. You eventually roll over your neck and... Yeah, I saw somebody comment on that um, that troll, and they're like, "This isn't even the sixteenth worst bump I've ever seen Darby Allen take. He's it's okay, or yeah. something like that." He's good. He <laughs> almost had his arm cut off by uh, by Ethan Page with a fucking shovel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. So then Jungle Boy got there. This match was incredible. We, I it's almost hard to, to talk about it because there's just so much cool stuff. Oh. Yeah, there's so much happening. You just, you watch it and it's perfect. Mm-hmm. So uh, Jungle Boy, he got the snare trap on Darby at one point and he just about got him. He's just about tapped and, but he's too close to the ropes and Darby gets to the ropes, but Jungle Boy's not deterred. He drags him back to the center of the ring and he doesn't lock in the snare trap. He puts him in the Romero special where mm-hmm. he weakens him up with the Romero special drops him out and then puts him back in the snare trap and yeah. it looks like Darby's going out his eyes are closing he's he looks like he's about to go out and at this point I looked at the time there's only 2 minutes left in the telecast mm-hmm. and my brain is screaming at me that Darby's about to go out and Jungle Boy's going to win and internally I'm starting to freak out yeah and then Darby grabs Jungle Boy's hair and just starts yanking on his yeah. hair to let go. That's cool because we've never he, really seen Darby uh, like come from behind like that, like kind of cutting corners mm-hmm. and stuff. It was cool. Well, that's what we were talking about with with uh, Sheeta earlier. Mm-hmm. He's willing to go to those dirty places. And mm-hmm. on, I think it was on Dark, either Dark, yeah, I think it was on Dark. He actually cut a really good promo vignette where he said that when Jungle Boy shows up to face him, don't come in with that stupid smile on your face. Come in with a frown. Come in serious, or I'm going to kick your ass. He's like, I need fire from you. And if you don't show fire, you're never going to win a championship in this company. And I was like, that's awesome. They needed to show that. Yeah, they should have shown they, that during the episode. They needed to show that. This is a, As awesome as this match is, we need to see that. Because mm-hmm. you filmed it. You might as well show it to me. Yeah, like they used sure. the they used the the road two footage for for Take and mm-hmm. and Sheeta, but Sheeta. they didn't use it here. Yeah, they should have. Anyways, that would have been cool. So after he grabs the hair, doing that, he'll doing the dirty work to to get in desperation to get jungle boy off of him jungle boy snaps and in his rage he just starts slapping the shit of the darby mm-hmm. he just starts slapping his head like he's mo from the three stooges just yuck, yuck. Just, <laughs> just like overhand just paint brushes and 
then final finally in one final fury or fury flurry jungle boy goes for goes for a sunset flip darby counters it with the last supper to just squeak out the win because he's dead to rights at this point and so good and immediately after the bell rings out comes page and scorpio sky this and this is ethan page um mm-hmm. they come yeah, out Sting they and, start um, beating sting and uh luchasaurus had sort of they brawled to the oh, back yeah. so they weren't out there anymore yes uh th- that was a weird point um yeah <laughs> i guess at, at one point uh jungle boy was down outside the ring and he was a He's getting counted out, and Luchasaurus was encouraging to get back in, and he kind of he nudged him a little bit, mm-hmm. and then when he came around to the other side of the ring, Sting was there, and they got into it, and they started throwing hands, and they battled out back mm-hmm. through the tunnel. So Sting's not there anymore. Luchasaurus isn't there anymore. So that's where Ethan Page and Sky come running out after the match. They start beating down Darby and Jungle Boy. Ethan Page is beating down Darby. That's significant. Because they have a storied rivalry in Evolve Wrestling, mm-hmm. which I highly suggest everyone watch. Um, th- there's actually documentary footage of that. If you look it up online, it's really good on YouTube as well. Vice's first episode of the show The Wrestlers, mm-hmm. which is really good, yep. covers that rivalry as well. They They specifically cover Evolve, but... It features that rivalry, which is really cool. Um, yeah, so they're getting beaten down. Out comes Archer for the save. And in his own words, they kick him in his murder hawks. <laughs> um, <laughs> he, he tweeted that out after. He said, That's the murder hilarious. hawk would have killed them if they didn't kick me in the murder hawks. That's hilarious. <laughs> and then this brings out Sting. He comes out, chases off the baddies with his bat. What a final segment. My yeah, goodness. That was awesome. And I like the budding relationship between Sting and uh, uh, Archer. That's so cool. Because I thought it was going to be just a fight between them, but it seems like they're going to be friends. Yeah, I'm wondering if there's going to be, I mean, obviously not a match, but like a little rivalry between Sting and and Jake. Yeah, I can see that. That that would be cool, like a divide, a divide in uh, Lance's loyalties. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they're gonna Jake have starts a, getting jealous. They're gonna have a custody of Lance Archer match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on a ladder between the two of them. <laughs> Lance Archer on a pole. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> he's taller than the pole. He's just standing. Yeah, he is the pole. <laughs> you have to get to the top pole of on his a head. Lance Archer. Yeah, <laughs> pole on a Lance Archer match. That's funny. A good joke. <laughs> All right, so uh, that was a like running back and going through all the matches. Yeah, this was like, like pay per view quality match, like pretty much every yeah. match. <laughs> like the only thing I didn't like was the fucking Jericho promo, yeah. which is so weird because he's one of the best promos in the game. Yeah, and three weeks ago he cut an all time promo, mm-hmm. so he can't hit them all. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so looking to next week, next week we have another fucking stellar lineup. We have, and this is the go home to um, blood and guts to blood and guts. So we have Brian Cage with Taz and Ricky Starks at ringside versus Hangman Page, and they 
um, trumpeted Hangman Page's record again. Mm -hmm. So they're really playing this up. I'm appreciative that they are, because now every time someone brings up, oh, records don't matter, I'll be like, actually... Yeah, actually, I don't. I don't want to be lines. that. I don't want to be the actually guy. I don't want to do actually, that. Touches your glasses, actually. But for real, <laughs> <laughs> they've actually been using it a lot. It was literally in the match graphic yep. for this past week. Yeah. It was. Um, then we have the inner circle parlay with the pinnacle, which will be entertaining to say the least. Mm-hmm. And from um, the, I have no idea graphic, they're going to get. It looks like the blood and guts. Cage has a roof on it, so they're going. I like real that. old school. I think it normally it. it normally does. Yeah, WWE the new War Games doesn't have a roof on the cage, but the old ones did. Because I still remember, uh, I forget which War Games it was, but when Sid powerbombed, I think it was Brian Pillman, yes. he hit the top of the cage and then yeah. powerbombed. Yeah, yeah, he hits him and then hits him with the most vicious angle. Yeah, powerbomb ever. Yeah, yeah, like there is some stuff that never would have happened without a without a lid. Mm-hmm. On that cage, and like Sammy Guevara is totally jumping off the roof. Oh yeah, like <laughs> it. It was low enough that guys could could jump and grab onto it. Mm-hmm. Like Steve Austin was like hanging off it at yeah. one point, yeah. like swinging and kicking guys in the head. Mm-hmm. Like it's a the 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 roof is going to be used for sure because mm-hmm. you got to be caged in there. You can't escape. Yeah, that's sure. the point. Yeah, because it's in the, locked up in and the you new... can't escape. NXT, when they say if you escape the cage, you lose, but I just don't know why they don't just put a roof on it. That's dumb. Yeah. It's, dumb. it's just so that somebody can get up on top and jump off of it. Yeah, I mean, Ricochet did the double moonsault off of it, and that was awesome one time. But and, uh, <laughs> What's his name? The uh, Not Gargano. Who's the other guy? Tommaso Ciampa. Ciampa? Yeah, mm-hmm. he, did, he did that once. He jumped off. So did Cole. They've all done it. Yeah. Yeah, that's the problem. That's, all, that's keep, why they do it. You keep doing it, and then it gets repetitive. Mm-hmm. Those matches are great, though. I'm not bad mouthing those matches. Yes, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. Okay, so then we have a trios match. They're specifically using trios. I still think we're getting a trios tag. I hope so. Or a trios title at some point. I think it'll be coming with the new show. I don't think they have room yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's already too so this much is, to try to fit on dynamite. This is Nightmare Family versus the Factory. It is. Billy Gunn, Dustin Rhodes, and Lee Johnson versus mm-hmm. looks like Camarado, QT, and Aaron Solo. So we will be seeing Aaron Solo. So I would say Solo's eating the pin. He can eat the pin, <laughs> that or, it's, or Lee it's I could yeah, they both have the the fall guy here, but I could see also. I mean, you it, could have Billy eat a pin, but for some reason, yes. Billy Gunn is like nine and one. Yeah. <laughs> like Billy Gunn doesn't need to be picking up these wins on Dark Guys anyway. Yeah, no, he on. doesn't need it. But they could also do need... like ends in a DQ where they try to smash Colorado again with something, and he just no sells it again. They've never done a DQ finish, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. If not concerned, as far as I can remember, I don't think AW's ever done a DQ. Yeah, it could be the first, and he could just no sell a chair shot again. <laughs> <laughs> Then we have Young Bucks versus Matt and Mike Seidel. That's going to be a fun one. Yeah. Um, is this for the titles or is it just a match? It's a AW tag team. It's a... Uh, like an eliminator? Yes. Probably. If I scroll up, I don't see it. But yeah, it's an eliminator match. Okay. So if they win, they get the title shot. 
Mm-hmm. And if you notice here, Nick Jackson is also has the chandelier. Yeah, he's the dangly guy. Yeah. <laughs> so they both have it. Last time, it, he was wearing it the other way, where it was on his head. Mm-hmm. Or it was on his hair. Yeah. It's the dangly bits. Now they're both doing it, because I guess they saw the attention that they got from it. Mm-hmm. So that's very yeah. fun. I'm excited. Then we have Chris Stan- Chris Statlander with Orange Cassidy versus Penelope Ford, significantly with Kip Sabian. Yep, yep, yep. Miro's totally coming out, and Kip is going to die. It's been nice knowing you, Kip. Yeah, it's fun. Also, note Orange Cassidy's also there. Mm-hmm. Also, remember, he also hates Orange Cassidy. So he, what I would do, he comes out, looks at Orange Cassidy, Orange Cassidy puts his hands in his pants, and then he turns his attention to Kip and kicks yeah. off Kip's head. Yeah. That's what I hope he does, and just ignores Orange He's like, I don't care about you. Yeah, I'm but over you I'm now. here to remove the soul. Kip, I just want to talk. Kip, I just want to talk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it, this so is then like we a have... rivalry. Uh, Statlander versus Ford wasn't that they were having a feud before Statlander got hurt, right? They were just launching into that. Feud. It was announced mm-hmm. for the next week. Yeah, or no, it was supposed to be going ahead. I think maybe even at a, at the pay per view. Mm-hmm. And they had to cut it because she got hurt. Yeah. So that's cool. They... Yeah, it's very cool. They're reigniting that, which is nice. Then we have Penta versus Orange Cassidy. So Miro can't kill him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless this match happens first. This match could go first. Mm-hmm. As it did. Oh, no, it didn't tonight, but it could. As I say, this this would be a hell of an opener if you wanted to do that. And I saw someone point out. What is the main event of the show? Hmm. Like, I could make an argument for every single one. Well, not not the Nightmare Family one and not the... Yeah, that's about it. I could make an argument yeah. for all these matches to go Maybe on Maybe Hangman last. versus Page versus Cage. Page versus Page Cage versus would Cage. probably yeah. be it. But they've kept Hangman Page off of the main event on purpose. Yeah, they could to do make the. Him seem... uh, it'd probably be the inner circle parlay with the pinnacle, since that's it's the go home for their big match. Yeah, so, so without a match, you go and. You... I think that would be the second time they've done that. Mm-hmm. I think they've ended the show with a segment before, and the last time they did that, was the reveal of the inner circle of the pinnacle. Yep. So that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It'll be inner circle. And yeah. it'll be the parlay. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, leading into their big match. Yeah, so that next week will be will be interesting. Um, yeah, this is cool stuff. I'm intrigued to see when Brian Cage eventually turns on Ricky. With him mm-hmm. being at ringside, it could be next week. Yeah, because I have I just I have a feeling that we're getting Starks versus Cage at the pay per view. I could see that, and that'd be a heck of a match. With for the FTW title, probably. Yeah. Maybe that's where you give Starks his first win. Yeah, Starks. Taz is like, we gotta get that title back in the stable. His first legitimate win. I don't want to say his first win, mm-hmm. but like non-dark win. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, next week looks good. I think we are good for this episode. Another fun so week. We will. We'll see you guys next week. Have a good one. Um, oh, catch the uh, try and catch the Impact show. Yes, if you can. 
um, it's Saturday, next right? week. Or is it Sunday? I don't know. Uh, I, don't know. <laughs> I think it's the 25th. Um, it's the 25th next week. Anyways, I don't know. But yeah, so we Kenny will be showing up with a new belt next week. So mm-hmm. that'll be fun. And please do check us out on Twitter. Rate us on on um, on your podcast apps. That yes. does help. On Twitter, we are at WorkRate Podcast, yes. and we post post lots of funny stuff. Funny stuff, and just uh, we like to highlight some cool people in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Oh, one person I do want to highlight because I saw her on the telecast in the crowd is one of my favorite indie wrestlers. Willow Nightingale was in the crowd, and I love to see her there. She had the big purple afro. Um, Hopefully that means she's going to start appearing on Dark. Normally that means that she is recording for Dark or Elevation. She's Mm -hmm. good. She's uh, a good power wrestler, a mix of power and some a little bit of high-flying, but a little more of that, like... uh, big person lots of effort high flying mm-hmm. where they probably shouldn't do it and that's how they lose the match but they're yeah. capable of doing it type mm-hmm. of thing but yeah she's cool as hell follow her on twitter she's very funny yes yes she yes. had a really good wrestlemania week mm-hmm. all, right. all right see you later see you guys